winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. And I'm Chris. And we have joining us now uh, Congressman Bill Keating, who represents, of course, the Greater New Bedford area and the Cape and the Islands. And it really is ground zero for, for the illegal alien discussion tonight. Hi, Congressman. How are you? Great. Is this Chris or Marcus? This, oh. is, Mar- this is Marcus. And I'm Chris. <laughs> oh, how are you guys doing? A lot better. Thanks. Thanks so much for making time for us. We do appreciate that. Oh, I know. I just... Uh... You know, it's crazy, uh, the scheduling because of the, uh, you know, the limited number of days and what we have to get done uh, here. I just left a dinner meeting with uh, Senator Mark Warner and Senator Chris Coons, okay. uh, which is a way of they're moderate uh, senators. And we're, you know, we're reaching out and uh, trying to build better bridges across the aisle. And interesting story, just to start off, because uh, this is a New Bedford show. There is a. Uh, connection between Senator Chris Coons in Delaware right. and New Bedford. Uh, and, and I've come to realize that uh, years ago, uh, when he was a boy, a young boy, he would come to New Bedford and help his father. And his father's position at the time was head of the uh, Fisheries Association. Really? Uh, that promoted, wow. Yeah, that promoted fishing. And, uh, you know, Chris Coons would tell me how he would come to the Bedford on the weekends and his dad would put out you know, a little stand and be out there helping and, and he would be running around, even helping off the boats and doing other things. So uh, I think we have an ally when we have – this is the way you have informal relationships. I was going to say, yeah. Congressman, that, 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 that's probably our strongest ally, right, in the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you. It's, uh, you know, and we actually, you know, politics makes strange bedfellows, but – we just lost one of my strongest allies about fishing and about ferry service and uh, so many other issues. And Don Young, oh, uh, who's really Alaska, a, a yeah. very, uh, very conservative uh, Republican. Uh, and, you know, but when you got to know him and I would travel with him uh, when we went to the Munich Security Conference and other areas, uh, that's how you get to know people. And, you know, another side of them. And uh, Don and I teamed up. You wouldn't think it's a likely guy. And we became friends. He taught me the right way to right. cook salmon, the right way to grill salmon and everything. And we actually became friends. And see, that's what there's not enough of, I guess. But uh, but Chris Coons, the other thing is you can find connections where, uh, you know, if there's a fishing issue or other things, I can reach out to an ally over there that I didn't know existed. So uh, occasionally we get time to do that, to, you know, find out a little bit more about each other. But there's not enough of that going on. Well, we appreciate you doing it because it's very much needed these days, right? It really is very much needed. And you, you have a, a quote to our news department today, and I've seen you on Channel 12 as well, saying, look, it, maybe it's about time everybody gets together, Republicans and Democrats. There's some common ground here on the immigration issue, and there we've is. got to get some stuff done. And frankly, that came up uh, in discussion to see what the, Sten- the Senate was up to because, uh, uh, you know, these are moderate senators who are, you know, part of the group reaching out to the others to see what, what there is. And there was some discussion about uh, getting something done. 
it, it won't happen before the uh, election. Right. It's just the reality here. But afterwards, there was talk because uh, I've got to tell you, when, when I went to Somerset that time uh, with the president coming to Senate, to, to Somerset on the offshore wind issue, when he when it when the way back we found out he had uh, COVID, but uh, uh, when I get, went there and talked to him, he went around and said, "What's the biggest issue in the district? What's the biggest issue?" You know, there was only like four of us there, but I said, "I just got to tell you, and I don't know if you're hearing it, it. It's we need people for these jobs, and and this is the case all around the country. We don't have enough people for our growing economy, so we have to do something about it, and that's what." Uh, these two uh, senators were talking about, too, that uh, we need, uh, you know, to deal with some of the issues uh, about getting people, not just the wealthy, you know, industrialists, they're going to start their own companies, but all the way across the employment spectrum. We need people, and we have to have legal immigration, which takes 10 to 12 years, which is crazy. Uh, right. when, you know, we do that in our office. But then uh, there's a lot on the other side. We can use more technology, even more investment on the border, more to secure it, more judges there, so things are people looking for asylum can be processed more quickly, uh, and we can do those things, and we can speed up legal immigration and, and be helping our economy in the in the first place. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's not exactly what happened uh, just over the last week, and I guess there was just the uh, news that uh, because Chris Coons was at this dinner that uh, either Governor Abbott or someone was sending some to Delaware, too. Uh, but hmm. the whole circumstances surrounding that, uh, whether, no matter where you are in this issue, it's absolutely crazy what they were doing. Uh, I don't know if you saw the pamphlets. Uh, yes, Chris we and did. Marcus, we did, yes. It's got a phony Massachusetts seal on it. Uh, and inside it's got, you know, a church group and a synagogue and, they didn't even know they were, they were being used for this, uh, and then they were giving this. They were giving what refugees would would get for benefits, and you know, obviously playing the top end of that. But these weren't refugees; these were people seeking asylum. A whole new group, which they didn't qualify for any of that stuff. And they were now. What's coming out that, that there was a bird dog fee for uh, people, uh, a Venezuelan-speaking person. To, to get his man, either getting paid to get people on the plane, lure, you know, telling him these things that weren't true, and they were getting paid for it. And I found out today uh, that the money that was used came from the American Recovery Act. The yeah. money that we gave states uh, and cities, some cities and counties, to recover from, uh, uh, you know, the, the COVID. Uh, effects of the economy. Con I mean, Congressman, you're, you're talking about the twelve million dollars that Governor DeSantis allocated for this um, for this project. Uh, we'll call it that he's up. Yeah, That's I think the he spent. Uh, I was told he spent nearly seven hundred thousand dollars of the money, Florida taxpayer money, but it was meant for the American Recovery Act uh, to deal with economic recovery from uh, you know. And, and again, I guess we could go. Even in our own state, they're very slow getting that money out and dealing with it. And I'm sure there's going to be things when there's scrutiny over it. How is this connected? So, uh, but but this whole issue of uh, getting people on a plane now we're finding out paying people to to get them on a plane per person, like a bird dog fee, and then 
putting a phony Massachusetts-looking pamphlet and telling them they were going someplace that they weren't. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just that's just not the way to deal. It, that takes a step backwards if we're really looking for trying to strengthen the border and improve the system, speed it up, uh, and get more people here in our country uh, for the jobs we need. You know, uh, I see it in my district. We just have, you know, their businesses are closing down, their hours pulling back. People in the agriculture industry don't even have a, uh, nearly enough people across the country uh, to do the work. And it's hurting our economy productivity, and we're paying more as a result. It's supply and demand, too. So uh, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, we can get something done maybe afterwards where everyone can come together and, and say, uh People aren't getting everything they think that should be in the bill, but do something to move the ball forward in the right direction. And there's, and there's, we have a broken system right now. I mean, the one thing I think everyone agrees, the system is broken. So, Congressman, um, you were, you've been in, con- you've been in Congress for about 10 years, maybe 12 years. Um, so you're around for the, uh, that whole gang of eight that happened at the beginning of Obama's second term, the eight senators that had some comprehensive immigration reform that looked like it was on its way, way to passing and it ultimately failed. I don't think we've passed an, a comprehensive immigration reform legislation since Bill Clinton, uh, and the Newt Gingrich Congress did the IRA IRA Act in, in 1996. Do you feel like now, since you've been there, that you might be on the brink of actually getting something done. I, and I know this isn't, you, you know, you're one of 435 people just in the House. Um, do you feel like Cong- the members of Congress, just based on some of the conversations you had, are now more incentivized than ever to try to get something done? I think this is one of those issues where the public, because if you look at some of the polling surrounding some of the major things we can do, um, the, there's vast public support. Maybe the public will drive some of the, the, the division that occurs here and, and you know, get us to some kind of consensus. You've got groups like the American, uh, you know, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, pretty conservative, Republican-leaning, to put it mildly, uh, business group. Well, this is one of their biggest priorities. They estimated we're going to lose uh, over a trillion dollars in the next nine years in, in you know, revenue. Uh, to our country because we don't have enough workers. You know, the birth rate's like 1.7%, I think, and our economy grows and we don't have people for the jobs. Uh, and and uh, that's the reality of it. And there, there's a win-win situation in there. If we can only let step aside from some of the divisiveness and, uh, and get what we can and realize we're not, everyone's not going to get uh, everything they think that should be done on, the, on any piece of legislation. We're speaking with Congressman Bill Keating, of course, our congressman here um, in, in New Bedford. Um, Bill, one of the things in the in the past, um, you have voted against sanctuary cities. So, you're one of one of the few Democrats. Does that give you the opportunity, because you're considered a moderate, maybe even a conservative in some respects, on this issue, with maybe sitting down <clears throat> with some of the uh, your Republican? Uh, uh, colleagues and to try to get something that's not everything everyone wants but is not some wild-eyed fantasy that would hurt maybe some of the republicans in their districts you know but but wouldn't hurt you and you you understand what i'm saying is there a possibility to get something real we have to do uh, i think what we have to do is get the labels off you know right like you said oh i'm moderate or conservative on this this isn't a moderate or conservative issue i don't think uh because it's it, it encompasses if you're really talking about conservatives, I mean, there's nothing, no group 
probably more conservative than the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Correct. Yeah. Well, they're on board for things that I support. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, the idea that the DACA or, or the Dreamers, that's, that's the lowest hanging fruit here. These are children that came to the country. They didn't make their decision. And by definition, they're either employed, serving in the military, uh, or in school and have no criminal record. I mean, that's the definition. And, and we can't even deal with that. So, I mean, we, what we have to do is uh, stop the labels uh, on this issue and just say, uh, if you agree uh, that it's broken, uh, let's do some things to fix it and realize that we're not going to please everyone in the process. Right. Uh, and, and, it, and when you have issues like that and you're an elected official, you run away from them. <laughs> because right. I, I described it as uh, there's elements of the win-win, but overall, no one's going to, on either side, no one's going to be happy with a resolution that you can actually get through. And so what people do, they just run away from the issue. Uh, and 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 that's what we're in. We're in this cycle of, and then it's gotten worse where, uh, honestly, things like uh, what DeSantis did uh, politically, and you'd have to categorize that as a stunt, doesn't do anything except take us backwards and maybe break the law. Uh, that that Those things aren't the answer. The answer is, can we get together and agree on the things that, uh, you know, that can be agreed upon and that the public supports? So we're speaking with Congressman Bill Keating of the 9th Congressional District, which includes here at WBSM and, uh, of course, the islands, Martha's Vineyard. So Ron DeSantis didn't send, uh, send the, um, the, migra- uh, the migrants to Nantucket, um, you know, another island in your jurisdiction, because he had a fundraiser there. He sent them to Martha's Vineyard. What do you think the res- how do you think the people of Edgartown and the Vineyard responded uh, to Keat, uh, to um, to DeSantis's uh, political uh, stunt, as you called it? And do you expect Ron DeSantis to send more to Martha's Vineyard? And is Martha's Vineyard prepared for that? Well, I think he sent them to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, uh, people believe because Tucker Carlson had encouraged him to do that. I mean, yeah. that's the gen- it wasn't an original idea. I mean, about a year ago, I think you were doing some reporting even where Ted Cruz was trying to get legislation about Martha's Vineyard. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, people don't understand Martha's Vineyard. They think it's lifestyles of the rich and famous, which in the summertime, with the summer people coming in there, uh, of course it is. But uh, the people that live there, stitch together their career, you know, their livelihood season to season. It's seasonal. It's hard to get by. Uh, and the people there uh, really struggle. Uh, and so what happened there was really, uh, you know, extraordinary to have it. I got a call from the sheriff uh, because he said he didn't know what to do. A plane had arrived that afternoon, no notice. Uh, and, uh, you know, he just called, what can we do? And and our office worked to liaison to the governor's office. Uh, incidentally, Governor Baker uh, and his uh, administration really was responsive. And uh, even he had his Secretary of Human Services on the island, uh, as well as taking uh, MEMA, the Emergency Management Agency, and, and later the National Guard. He had to make sure that uh, Joint Base Cape Cod, uh, which was uh, a place that was used for five times as many people, during Katrina, right. uh, was in place. And the people on the island, with no notice, 
and, and you know, the St. Andrew's Church, it was used as shelter. They worked together, set up uh, enough to get people through the night. Uh, they, they came there. They actually had to put out a public request to have people stop bringing things to the church because they were causing traffic jams. Sure. I mean, it was extraordinary the way regular people, uh, and, and I said, not rich people, regular people came to the call, and, and clergy did. Uh, the you know the the religious community came together. Uh, the businesses came together. A lot of small businesses did things to to. And the key is they did it so quickly. It was extraordinary that they did it. Uh, and then they were there a second night before uh, other arrangements would be made. But uh, honestly, uh, to see people come together like that with no notice uh, was really impressive, and, and uh, it made you feel proud to be associated with the, uh, the people that I represent there. So we're speaking with Congressman Bill Keating, who represents, of course, the Cape and Islands as well as New Bedford. Um, so, Bill, I know it's early in the process, but... Would you care to? What's going to happen to these people now? Are they going to? They, you said they're they're not refugee status. They they're seeking asylum. Yeah. Um, what what do we think is going to happen with them? Well, what's interesting, the people that were there, of course, we were in session, so I was getting reports from the people that were there. Uh, you know, the sheriff and other people that were calling me. But uh, their greatest concern, uh, they were seeking asylum. They had a court date that probably I think uh, the next week set up an immigration hearing at immigration court. And if they weren't, didn't report, they would immediately be transferred to deported status for not showing up. And they were definitely concerned that they wouldn't be able to make this meeting. Of course, this caused a problem. This, because they ended up in an island they didn't know existed. <laughs> and, uh, and they were worried about meeting their, you know, legal obligations because there's a, they were seeking asylum and, you know, it's interesting, Chris. Few people in our region know more about Venezuela than you do. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Which, which is pretty interesting, but right. you do. You really know it well, and you know how violent it is, and you know some of the issues. So it's not uh, beyond the realm to say these people were in danger and wanted the asylum. So case by case, they're going to get judged. So going forward, there's a case management going forward where uh, they'll go, go to their dates, make their case, and either make it or not. Uh, and, and that's the way it works, but it gets congested when so many people are coming and overwhelm the system, too. So that's what I'm saying. The things we can ameliorate uh, could be along those lines. But these individuals, and I think the governor's office and other people, they're trying to make sure they don't miss those court dates. Either they'll do it virtually or they'll set something up here uh, so they're not uh, hurt by this, by what happened. Um, Congressman, we, um, we, we really... Um, there's a lot more to discuss about this, but while we have you, the other big story before Ron DeSantis changed the tune, it's something that you you have been following very closely as the, the uh, chairman of the subcommittee on Russia and energy in Europe. What can you tell us about what's going on in Europe now with the Russian war? How are things working out over there? What, what can you I've tell been, us? Yeah. I've been so uh, uh, involved in this. I'll just give you an example off the top of my head. Tomorrow at 8 o'clock. Uh, I'm part of, you know, I'm going to a classified briefing uh, by our, uh, by the U.S. officials, the top ones uh, in Europe. Now you're not going to uh, bring those documents home, though, are you? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Right. And, and, so that's another story about how we sign papers and 
we would be subject to prosecution if we ever took even notes home, uh, let alone the documents, or if we discussed publicly things that we learned there. So at 8 o'clock, I have that. And then uh, I'm going to my own uh, uh, briefing uh, on what's occurring in Ukraine uh, that I chair. So that's another classified right after that. Uh, and then uh, I'm having a uh, hearing on Wednesday. My, uh, you know, this is the third time we've touched on this on Russian war crimes, and we're going to have the prosecutor uh, from Ukraine as one of the witnesses. And what they're uncovering now is they take, with their extraordinary military effort and courage, they are taking back, you know, huge swaths of land uh, that the Russians were occupying. But sadly, they're finding when they're there, mass graves, people uh, like as many as 400 people, some of them with their hands tied behind their back, and gunshot holes in the back of their heads, clearly execution-style mass murders. Uh, and, and the torture they did to local officials and to other people, uh, all these stories are coming out. This time, though, they're being documented more. So we've been involved, and I have legislation in this regard, to, to try and help document these war crimes, because that's a hard thing to do afterwards. So uh, I, I don't even want to say too much to your listeners, just some of the atrocities that have been told to us. Uh, and I, as I've gone twice to the Ukraine border and met with uh, refugees from Ukraine. Uh, they're, lo- they're almost always women with young children because their husbands are still there required to fight and, and wanting to fight. Right. Uh, but the stories these groups are telling me uh, about the rapes and, and sexual assaults uh, by Russian soldiers, uh, you know, one after the other after the other. Uh, it, it's just awful. Rapes of boys and girls. Uh, and, and the things they're doing, the torturing they're doing uh, with officials, uh, these are awful things and uh, things that uh, break every convention that we have. But the Russians do these things, and, and they are doing these things. Uh, and they brought in the Chechnyans, who are even more brutal, uh, to aid the, you know, to their cause. Uh, and we want to document these things. We want to make sure people are held accountable. There's already been one Russian uh, military leader uh, that's pled guilty, but, uh, you know, these things can't be left uh, unaccounted for. Uh, and it just, again, underscores uh, the situation that these Ukrainians are, uh, find themselves in, that they're, they're fighting back so hard. And the casualties and the Injuries are so severe, but but they're doing it. And it's, it, those of us that love democracy can all take a lesson in and be inspired by them. So, Congressman, one thing, it, you know, it's, it's very hard to talk about your own personal accomplishments, things like that. But I remember years, years ago, you were talking about Europe getting too much dependency on Russian petroleum products. And you were talking about setting up LNG terminals over there. That was years ago before this invasion. You were at the front end of this. You, I'm not saying you saw it coming. I don't think anyone could see it that coming. But you could see the Russians were building up a position to control or try to control European livelihoods by controlling the energy source. You saw it years ago. I saw it because it was real. And a lot of Europeans realized the danger, but they just didn't do anything. It was right. too easy for them to just keep going. 40% of the gas uh, you know, natural gas gas for Europe was coming from Russia. 25% of the oil from Russia 
And you know how Russia has weaponized energy in the cold winters. They're doing it again, I'm afraid. And, and they did not move from this. Uh, in fact, Germany shut down uh, their nuclear plants, and we're moving even further along those lines to Nord Stream 2, uh, which would have been a greater dependence. Uh, you know, a massive pipeline coming right from Russia. Uh, and then they had so much, uh, you know, leverage over so many of the countries uh, that it, this was a real problem before this right. ever happened. Right. And so what's happened now is this. It's, it's really the changes. It's accelerated the change away from this by, I think, as much as a decade. Uh, they're moving quickly. Uh, they're building nuclear plants. Uh, and I know they're controversial here, but there's, there's, we're not going to get beyond uh, our climate change issues without incorporating nuclear energy. And that means here Thank in the United you. States. Too. Thank you. Uh, and, and they have these small modular nuclear reactors, which take the waste, reuse it again. And, and what they're doing is what we do on nuclear submarines. It's at that scale. It's about the size of a bus. It can do 100,000 homes. And these are, you know, an, a, an, a, one thing that they're using there that will lead and it's Westinghouse is one of the biggest countries the companies doing this so the technology is coming so that'll help us here at home so what they're doing there to accelerate and move away from this LNG which we've been uh, the prime mover of uh, they're going to do no, more uh, heat pumps and the Chinese pumps don't work there for the they don't match with their electrical system so we're accelerating that Heat pumps and thermal control, no, thermostat control, they're so far behind in Europe in so many areas. That would cut their reliance 30%. So we're seeing, because of this crisis, them move away from Russian influence. And some of the lessons there, uh, as they accelerate, will be helpful here at home, too. We're speaking with Congressman Bill Keating. Before uh, we let you go, Congressman, I want to take it. I want to take the conversation back here uh, to the Ninth Congressional District. Uh, I got a mailer. Uh, I think a lot of people in the Ninth Congressional too, yeah. District did uh, did that. Um, uh, celebrates the accomplishments of the Inflation Reduction Act, which obviously you helped pass uh, in Congress. What can the people of the Ninth Congressional District look forward to with the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act? Well, you know, it's it's. Again, there, some people will sit there and say, what's not in it? <laughs> right. And, and again, we can't move forward saying that. What's in it is unbelievable. For years, one of the top things I fought for, and I didn't think would ever get past the big pharmaceutical lobbying group uh, on, is allowing competitive pricing through the greatest purchaser in the country with the greatest leverage to reduce prices, Medicare. Right. And that's done. Yeah. I mean, it's finally accomplished and it's going to take for to hit the final stage 2025 but it's happening now and that's going to drastically reduce prices the other thing is i know so many people uh, and you do too uh family members where the cost of prescription drugs was driving them into fiscal chaos if they had a very expensive prescription drugs uh what were their choices so part of this is if you're Medicare, uh, if you're in Medicare, after $2,000 of out-of-pocket expenses, no more. You don't pay any more out-of-pocket after that. That's in here. And for the people on insulin, where they, it's disgraceful, the prices were, were being artificially escalated uh, and driving people uh, that, that had diabetes and other uh, conditions 
they were sitting there just beside themselves. And this puts a cap for Medicare. Now, we sent it over for all insurance policies, but because of the uh, lobbying of the industry uh, in the Senate, they cut out uh, the, the private insurance. But Medicare, the insulin uh, payments are capped uh, as well. So that that's I never thought would see, finally, the breakthrough, breakthrough to, to do it. And if you're looking at inflation, and you can argue about inflation and the act that people can make their own things, it's clear. If you're cutting the cost of prescription drugs to that extent, that's going to help people uh, because one of the greatest inflators was the cost of prescription drugs. Congressman, thank you for joining us this evening. We appreciate it, and uh, you know, keep up the great work. And we'll be, you know, I look forward to it again, and, and maybe we can have a, a discussion about what's going on, Chris, in, uh, in South America. Absolutely, America. Bill. Listen, i got to well, tell you, people should be aware this. It's frightening what's going on down there uh, with, with the dictators and, and some of the things that's going on. And uh, so There's I know nothing I look forward to more, really, Bill. Um, I appreciate it. We'll, we'll, we'll be in touch. I'll, I'll talk to Lauren. We'll get you, we'll book you again for, for just for a South American tour. Thanks, thanks Congressman Bill Keating. Thank, Thank you, Congressman. Right. Thank you, too, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was Congressman Bill Keating of the 9th Congressional District. Uh, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We're going to take this break, and we'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy, and I'm Marcus Farrell. Well, welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. And that was Congressman Bill Keating of the 9th Congressional District, which, of course, includes this station, right. New Bedford, uh, Dartmouth, from basically from Westport to P-Town and right. the islands. Right. It's a All big right. district. It is a big district. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Good evening. You're live. Hey, who's he, who, who's uh, Bill Keating running against for the general election? <laughs> There's a guy named Jesse Brown who got the Republican nomination. And uh, Jesse, oh, so there was, there was a guy named Nurse Dan, too, right? Yeah, Nurse yeah, Dan didn't he, make it. He didn't make it. He Although he tried. It, so, uh, mail, mail yeah, it. no, no, so no, I, I, I hadn't seen the uh, results, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, say, say the guy's name again. Where is he from? So Jesse Brown, we tried to from get him Plymouth. on the program tonight, and he said he declined us. But really? the United States Congressman didn't decline us, right? Yeah. So we well, all United have... States Congressman. You know, I, I got to say, listen, I, I I don't know anything about his opponent. Yeah, that's 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 his, his that's, way. that's his fault, not yours. We that's... had him in here already once. I like the guy, but when I offer you, Marcus offers you time on the radio, and you say no, and you give us some alternative dates, it doesn't really go like that. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's unless that's, unless that's, unless you're that's, unless you're important. That's, 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 that does right. seem kind of disingenuous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you're, you're running, running, I mean, unless you're look, look, Giselle Donald Bunchen. Trump, Donald Trump was successful. How <laughs> he got more publicity than anybody's ever gotten publicity in the history of publicity. I agree with you. Look, so, um, but 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 I but I had to. Uh, so listen, I, I'm not against Keating, but he kept saying uh, it's a win-win. I mean, and nothing against uh, Bill Keating as our representative. I don't agree with him on all this stuff, but win-win to me means he's got a state pension and a federal pension in the bank, so he's got probably close to, you know, way, well over a hundred thousand dollars guaranteed income for the rest of his life. I don't have that. I saved and I swimped. I'm trying to figure out how to retire on fifty grand a year, and I work in the private sector. You know what I mean? Um, 
you know, well, well, I mean, Keating, Keating, Keating is not exactly. Uh, listen, I could detail my situation too, but no one's interested. Listen, well, that, no one's interested in that. So if I get it, we we got big issues here. We got the immigration system. Um, but I don't get why. Uh, well, I get it, but I, I get it. But but what is what does it have to do with the issue well, at Keating, hand? Keating is Keating is Keating. I mean, again, not to disparage the congressman, but he says win win. I mean, his approach to win-win is, I got mine, and then you know, right. we can try to get somebody else theirs. All right, but listen, the, the point of the matter is is that he's trying to get no, an I immigration think, I think that's bill. what politicians do. That's that's my point. All right, thanks for the call, man. Get, get so, ours first. So, I appreciate um, it. Thanks for the call. I, I don't actually appreciate it because, I, look, we're trying to have a serious discussion here. I get it. They got good benefit packages. Um I just Bill Bill Keating's been he ran for he ran for I think state rep when he was like twenty two years old he's been in the game for a long time I, I just he got elected he got elected uh, but it's a lot of work that I don't think he'd do if he didn't like the policy stuff like you just talked to him about Ukraine it's not even, it doesn't even matter Ukrainian energy and he he knew that stuff and if it was just like <laughs> I got mine I I just don't think that he'd care that much well, about listen, it's stuff not, like I, that I can't even believe the guy waited on hold for that because the reality of it is look the situation is we're talking about the war in the ukraine which very easily could evolve into a war all over europe yeah right very easily we are arming the ukrainians right now a couple of years ago bill keating on this very radio station conversations with me was talking about the energy problems in russia and how we got to watch out that they, you could tell the aggressive moves they were making they were getting ready to try to use energy as a weapon right he was foreseeing all that so what you're saying is if people just listen to the chris mccarthy show <laughs> the world would be a better place <laughs> i'm saying if if his colleagues would listen to him right yeah. i'm saying that that when you have that type of guy in office you want to keep him 508-996-0500 saying at the program we take a break 1420 wb marcus i'm chris so those congressman bill keating that we had and um i thought uh said some pretty important stuff he was talking about you know we talked obviously about the biggest story in the country happening right, right in his district which is our district the ninth yes. congressional the, right. the, the fighting ninth right <laughs> and <laughs> and uh the good people of the ninth congressional district i think responded well um to the uh to the the attack uh, on our on our district by, oh by Ron DeSantis, Lord. the invasion. Hey, that's something we've got to talk about. Actually, let's, let's want to close out with that. So, oh, we only got a couple minutes, right? <laughs> but if oh, we already talked about it, what are they going to do? Arrest him? What are they going? Are they going to arrest him? So I didn't want to. I didn't want to yeah. bog the Congress and down with it because I get it. If they misappropriated funds, things like that. But look, to me, it's just a long. It's a lot of waste of time, right? You try. You're trying to get to a solution and maybe maybe this will be the catalyst i don't know um for it the other thing that um look again with congressman keating will um as he as he said he'll come back again and we'll discuss south america right yeah we'll discuss some of the things that are really going on what is driving this migration i remember in 2018 you hosted here right a foreign policy debate a debate between him and his opponent yes tedeschi tedeschi just on foreign policy. Tour and, of the world. I mean, and Tedeschi was, uh, you know. He was repeating Bill's answers. 
China's really, uh, you know, flexing their muscles. I remember hearing right. that. They're really, uh, you know, flexing their muscles. But, right. I mean, whatever. He tried. He and tried. He, he wasn't, he, it was unfair. It, because, was, it wasn't fair. Because Bill lives this. Yeah, it's his, it's but his job. But he tried. But it was cool to hear uh, you guys um, sort of, like, deftly, uh, you know, dive into these... these um, uh, foreign policy, sort of like really granular, and like a, like a granular level, these foreign policy things. So that'll definitely be an interesting segment that we could do, and uh, that I'd look forward to. Chris, uh, you got any um, got anything to say before I have to take this break? Well, um, I want to thank Congressman Keating for joining us. It's the first time I've talked to him off the air. I mean, on the air since us got out of the hospital, and as always, he didn't disappoint. Let's yes, of course. Uh, let's Farm take policy. A, let's, let's take a break. We'll be back to close out the show. Vote Diana Desaglio in studio, not in studio. She's going to be calling in uh, to talk about her campaign. I'll ask her about the debate thing, which I wish we could have teed up. But right. <laughs> the, the, the congressman, you know, we invited him, and he and he, and he was. By the way, folks, just to tell you, he had a meeting, as he said, with two senators, and he stepped out of the meeting to call us. Yeah, he was meeting with two senators, Mark Warner. I and want Chris you to Coons. consider that when you vote. Yes, all right, I yes. really do. He uh, wanted to talk to not us, you. <laughs> he didn't want to talk to us. He wanted to talk to you, right, directly. And he wanted to leave a meeting with two senators, right, to, to do, do that, to do it. So, so, um, really, folks, access is important for congressmen. And, uh, and you have it here. All right. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. And uh, and 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 thanks.